Literature Corner. I want to have fun with you. It's just you and me flying solo or dance between the presenter and the listener. And I have this question for you. You know, politics is our daily bread and butter in this country. You are a political animal. I am one as well, even though obviously there's more to life than politics. And we try and give you as much uh, variety as we can over the course of the 15 hours that I'm with you per week. But uh, politics really is at the heart of our show in many ways. And so are politicians by definition. And like children, they often say the darndest things. And I was wondering this morning, what are some of the words and phrases that you wish our politicians would stop using and just speak plainly? I've got this intuition, and I don't know if you share it with me, that sometimes they try and really pull the wool over our eyes by using all sorts of language in the political arena that confuse, that is evasive, that is obfuscating, instead of just calling a spade a spade, because that is how politics work. And South African politicians in particular are in the habit of using weird stories that is completely off the beaten track, weird analogies that don't make sense, and then certain kinds of language amongst themselves that they understand that you and I as bystanders may be completely clueless. So give a, give that a thought and then give me a call and tell me what are your favorite examples and which politicians in particular do you think are the ones that are most guilty when it comes to language usage that uh, is conveniently confusing rather than just being plain speaking. 11 For me, there's so many of them. I mean, Gwela Mantasha is one person. One Z starts off with a weird analogy about fleas and flies going through windows and what have you. Then you know, oh my God, okay, we're going to be told a long-winded story to a simple question at a press conference from a journalist, for example. Um and even at ANC branch meetings, if you have to attend those, you will see the way these comrades speak to each other. Uh, instead of just simply chairing the meeting and telling someone, please take a seat, you've now really spoken enough. You're going to be told on some, please, comrade, arrest yourself. I mean, like, you know, arrest yourself as if someone can arrest themselves and they are an officer of the court. And I don't know what the origins are of some of the weird political language and political register in our discourse. Some of it is fun, some of it is completely innocent, and some of it just makes following and observing politics, of course, absolutely hilarious. But on a more serious note, some of it can also conveniently result in politicians and public figures evading simple questions that are designed to hold them accountable once they start using confusing language deliberately. Can you think of examples? And which politicians do you think are most guilty of that? And I want to throw in a last question into the mix. Which politicians do you think do the opposite? They are actually very good gold standards of how to just speak plainly. O double one double eight three O seven O two. The literature corner. Here's a clip. I think this is a clip of Akila Mbalula. And there you have a politician who doesn't fit into the gold standard of speaking clearly. He's an example of one of the worst political sinners when it comes to really bending language for his own nefarious ends. Uh, Minister Mbalula, you should arrest yourself when it comes to the Queen's language. We are launching Operation Wanyazo. The priests are fighting with me. They say that uh, my, my reverend called me and said, he ain't got him for him. But those who are dangerous 
we've got an appointment. Like I said, I, I talked to Steve Twitter from the grave. <laughs> and I said, we will deal with them with the agility of a cat and the ferocity of a cornered bull. And that in itself means we will not retreat. We are ready for criminals. There's no criminal that can outcome us. We've got uh, killer machines if they want to test us. We will finish them. And they must understand that uh, when we say that, we mean business. But our boys, you could see even today everywhere that uh, they are fit. There's no longer a question of Mkaba. Leave Mkaba with me and the generals. The police on the ground is chest out, stomach in. It's business going on. I talked to General Cruiser. We are going for the gym uh, every day. A criminal cannot ask us about the warrant. When he says a warrant, we must say, here is the warrant. We give him a warrant ten times. And we must have a right to search criminals anytime we want. Search them. They must make life unbearable to be a criminal. You must know that to be a criminal, you belong somewhere in the dustbin of history. <laughs> Gotta love it, eh? Colorful language, weird analogies, adjectives out of place. Uh, that is the bread and butter daily of Minister Vakila Mbalula. 011-883-0702. We're talking about political language, how it can be used and abused by our politicians. Today, so good morning to you and welcome to the Literature Corner. Are you serious? How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, sir. I, I, would, I would just like to greet you the way a politician will greet the other one. Uh, and how have you been metamorphosing your studios in this uh, cosmopolitan planet, uh, despite the economic crunch of <laughs> Comrades, arrest yourself. No, 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 no. Do not be exacerbating yourself to extra sense of perceptions, my lord. <laughs> I admit I am defeated. <laughs> That's, that's, that's politicians for you, my guy. Thanks for a great show. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Kenneth, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, Eusebius. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Look, Eusebius, for me, it was when the SG, uh, he was with Pule Madi in uh, a KZN. He was asked about um, the, the, the KZN mayor issue that issue that uh, surrounded the case of the mayor he then said um look we are here for uh, organizational matters but that is an anc issue so i mean i mean you look at it anc is that not an, organ- uh, an organization itself <laughs> that's exactly what he said he said no look uh, we are here this is uh, yeah this is uh, we are here for organizational matters but that is an anc uh, an anc matter so we cannot uh, deal with it anc will deal with it but we are here for organizational matters you can look at it you can try and listen to that clip I'll, so I- that is pretty much not yeah, I will do so certainly, but I'm still I'm still stunned by Tadiso's call. Before you, I must admit, Kenneth, I wonder if anyone can call in impersonate some of our politicians for their obfuscatory use of political language. I wonder if anyone can do better than Tadiso did. Uh, I I was completely floored by that. O double one double eight three o seven o two. Chris, good morning. Welcome to the show. Oh, I appreciate this. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a major problem with the fact that. The politicians are calling problems and crises, 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 they refer to it as a challenge. It's not a challenge. It's yes. a problem or a crisis because a yes. challenge becomes something less important. So we don't really have to deal with it because a challenge you kind of overcome over time, whereas a problem or a crisis you have to attend to now. And they don't always have the wherewithal to do that. So 
Yeah, that's my major gripe. That is a very important observation because it undermines the gravity of the crisis by using a softer word. You're so spot on. And if you don't pay attention to that word shift, you can be hoodwinked. Yeah, exactly. And they've been doing it for years and nobody's ever taken them up on it and saying, listen, dude, it's not a challenge. It's a problem. So, yeah, it it frustrates me every time because it used to... It's a euphemism for answers no and you mulligate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we've got another clip here. This one is a bit long, so we're probably going to fade this one. But we're just having fun. Uh, Literature is all about words and language and storytelling. Politicians try and use these to bamboozle us. Obviously, we're not idiots, but they persist in using weird analogies, shifts in words. And I wonder whether we can call them out. Who do you think is most guilty of this particular sin? And is there a politician out there that is actually your favorite example of the opposite, speaking plainly and directly and simply getting on with defending their viewpoint without trying to be deliberately misdirecting conversation? I'd love to hear from you. Abel, what what other clip have we got there? Let's see whether we have one. Thank you, Chair. A key question that needs to be answered is, are mining licenses in South Africa available on bribing the political elite. For example, Honorable uh, Balegambete, do we have to find the FBI answer for them to unravel at that? Because this has uh, been put uh, forward to say the she has order, been on a point of order. Member, can you please take your seat, Honorable Chifu? Yes. yes, Honorable Member. It's not only out of order. He's insulting. He knows that he has to bring that allegation through a substantive uh, motion. But he's, he's, he's implying, it's not even implying, it's directly insulting. He must withdraw now. Order. Order. Honorable um, Madisha, you said you'd want to ask a question. And in your asking a question was whether the licenses are given through bribery. Do I take it that's what you said? Is that what you said? And then you said, for example, Balekambete, referring to the member of this house. And then you proceeded. Is that what you said? Oh, thank you very much, Chairperson, for assisting me. Because this was all over in the country that you got 25 Honorable million member. Rand. Honorable member, she got 25 million and it was reported. Order. Where is the money? Order, honorable member. You are casting aspersions on the member, and if you want to bring a substantive motion on that issue, you need to do so. For now, can I ask you to withdraw? Must I withdraw what is there in the country all over? Honorable member. It is honorable known. Member it is a known fact. Order, it has been reported member. all over that she bought 25 Madisha. million rand. Honorable Madisha, 
So tell the country Honorable all the Matisa. papers to go and do that. Honorable Matisha, can you please withdraw? In Let this house, if you want to bring a substantive motion, you will have to do so. It's the same matter on which I ruled last week in reference to Honorable Masina on the statement he made, even though saying alleging it was on the paper, which cast aspersion on the leader of the DA, and we asked him to withdraw, and he did. Can you please do so? This is what I'm going to do, Chairperson. Honorable Matisha, can you withdraw? But you have not listened to me. Can you listen? I am I'm listening. going on. Okay. Chairperson, you need to listen as well. What I'm putting to you is, I'm going to withdraw this truth from the house. Now. Okay. You've and withdrawn. I withdraw this truth. Thank you. Proceed. Um... Now, if corruption, if corruption is the order of the day and rule of law is debased, it is the hardworking miners in our country who will lose out in, I mean rather on income, housing, bursaries, and so on. In 1993, the gold in South Africa contributed 3.8% to GDP. Two years ago, this, has, this had declined to 1.7% of GDP. NDP stresses the importance House of the Honorable Member, Honorable Member Pando. Uh, Chairperson, I don't know whether you were listening. Uh, and as the members have said, please be fair to everyone. The honorable member has not withdrawn. He did not withdraw. The honorable chief whip of the opposition did withdraw properly, but he has not withdrawn. He said, no, he didn't. He has not withdrawn. He said, I withdraw this truth. It's not a truth. Can he withdraw? And if that's how COPE gathers material, no wonder they are where they are. But he has not withdrawn. Honorable member, thank you very much. I have asked the member to withdraw. That's the first statement he made. I again asked him to withdraw. He did. But given that you are raising a concern, I will again check the handset. Can, for now, the honorable member proceed? Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. You see, some of us don't know English properly. Can and then uh, Honorable we Matisha, can only come and say, Honorable Hong, Matisha. Hong, 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 like that Honorable member. Matisha. Yes. Hong, Hong, Hong. Honorable Matisha. Hong, Hong, Hong. Honorable Matisha. That's the only thing that she knows. Honorable Matisha. Yes. Thank you. That's terribly, terribly simultaneously funny and unfunny and offensive because there's a exactly what Cabello, Mabellana and Denny Kay were talking about, which is accent bias in this particular case, an attempt to try and cast aspersions against now Dr. Naledi Panda on the basis of her accent on the part of William Adesha there. So there you are weaponizing your own positionality as presumably someone who's more black than she is or I don't know, somehow more left-wing because you don't have her accent. So that's the, the first effect there of certain kinds of performance when it comes to language and speech. 
And then the second thing is that Willem Adishas doesn't have a problem with political language. He's a good example of abusing it in exactly the way we are talking about. Because when he says, which is why Minister Pando was so sharp in standing up in that point of information that she had, when he says, I withdraw this truth, I mean, he's playing with words. That is not withdrawing the statement because you are persisting in sustaining your claim that this statement is one that is true. And it's completely just wordplay, complete and utter wordplay. It's really, really, really interesting. But then he pretends that he doesn't know anything about English. But he knows a lot about English and he knows a lot about how to be completely, completely obfuscatory in his use of English. The Literature Corner. Speaking of Naledi Pando, here's an interesting voice note, actually, about her. Eusebius, really enjoying the show. Um, I've got an example, I think, of, it's James here in Joburg, of somebody I, th- I think is, is really worth their weight in words, every word that she says, and that's uh, Naledi Pandor. I, I love listening to her. Um, I think she's eloquent, articulate, accurate, um, and I hope she um, goes to great things. Thanks, bye. That's um, that's a yeah <laughs> uh, yeah. Occasionally, I do self censor. I was about to tell you why I'm laughing. I really can't. It's one of those cases where you really need to be here uh, in the studio with me. But what that gentleman was saying in the club—that's quite interesting. I wonder how many of you would agree with him that an example of someone who is straight in their use of language is actually someone like Minister Naledi Pando. I think so too. Remember the last time she was on the show? In fact, that's exactly what happened as well. Um, she just answered a question that I had straightforwardly, even though there was some miscommunication between between us and her about what the purpose of the interview was. But now that I had her on and I'd asked her a question, even though it wasn't the question she thought that she was going to be asked, she got on with just speaking plainly and answering the question plainly uh, in relation to our ambassador in the Netherlands. So I think I tend to agree with that caller that she's a good example of someone probably who is a straight shooter. Okay, some of your some of your SMSs uh, on this uh, discussion we're having around the use of language and politics. Teba says the English language has been so corrupted by politicians Eusebius. I laugh so much when they have to speak in an African language on other stations. That's interesting. I find that politicians lie easily on 702. I'm not so sure about that. But they have more of a chance, is the point that Teba makes, than say, for example, on Lesedi FM, purely because of language, actually. Uh, then Sipo says, every time I hear Mr. Madisha, I'm reminded of you impersonating the other minister, Pando. Oh, there's the clip. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's also a great example of how these guys try to bamboozle us. I, the first time I heard that, I did laugh. I have to confess. I think it's probably inappropriate last, laughter upon reflection. And of course, uh, William Adisha was profoundly aware of how he himself was abusing the English language deliberately.